Is it, uh, is it okay to admit that, um, that you like Thanksgiving more than Christmas sometimes? And uh, even if you're in a church, even if you're the pastor. Um, but a lot of times I do. I, I think Christmas and the other holidays, they're a lot of work. You have to work down to get to the true meaning. And, uh, and Thanksgiving is more just like, it just is what it is. It's a gift. It's a, it's a feel of grace. And while it's weird to get together with the family and the weird uncles and aunts, it's a, it's a gift where you got to say, the reason we are here is to give thanks. I want you to leave here today feeling like you've got a head start on being thankful for this week so that you can bring thankfulness to others. As, as we wrap up this series on uh, listening to God's voice and, and talking to God, our, uh, we've been talking about how the Apostle Paul was trying to teach people who didn't know about God how to hear God's voice, and, and we're going to end up with this idea of, uh, of thanksgiving. Um, have any of you, how many of you downloaded these texts? Anybody? I, uh, I have loved them. I, I really have. I, I loved yesterday's. We pray when there's nothing else we can do. But God wants us to pray before we do anything at all. And, and, and the one before, the day before that, what wings are to a bird and sails are to a ship, so is prayer to the soul. Corey Ten Boom, who, uh, who goes to the concentration camps to learn about prayer. I, I, I want to learn to be thankful. I want you to learn together to be more thankful people. And I think the way that you learn to be thankful is by watching people be thankful, by watching people who are thanks-filled people. I think most of you are not thankful people. I think most of you are worried people. I think most of you are powerful people. Most of you are figured out people. Most of you are control freaks. It's hard to do any of those and be thankful people. We need to learn from people who are learning how to give thanks. So we ask the people who are sitting right around you what you're thankful for, and for two and a half minutes, this is what they said. I am grateful for my relationship with Christ. So I'm thankful each day for the hope that Jesus has given me that I'm going to be healed from a, a two-year struggle with pain. I am so thankful to have other faith-filled people in my life to walk along the journey of parenting. This has been a big year for me. And every time I come to CPC, I feel connected. The relationships that I've built here are helping me to grow closer to God. Every day, there are problems, and every day, I'm faced with certain situations that I don't know how to deal with. But with Christ in my life, I'm able to hear His voice and I'm able to make the decisions I need to do. I am thankful for my, my understanding of uh, what's important in life, that, that life is not about me. I think a lot about the verse, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and it reminds me of the relationships in my life that point me to God and bring me joy, and I'm very thankful for those relationships. I'm in awe of what Jesus has done for me. Sometimes I think we go too deep trying to figure it out, and we don't need to. We just have to have the faith. I'm thankful this fall 
for the journey that I'm on with Christ, where he's teaching me more of who he is and how to see other people more through his eyes and not my own eyes. Thankful for understanding uh, what makes me feel whole, what makes me feel together. Um, that's where the true enjoyment of life is. This year has been um, a lot of loss watching my mom um, in her last days. And um, when it came to September, when she, when she uh, finally passed, we had the hope in Jesus, and that got us through. I'm really thankful and grateful this year for how my high school leaders in Elevate that I mentor every Wednesday night really challenge me and help bring me closer to Christ. I'm thankful for the growing awareness that I'm not alone, that Jesus is always with me, that I don't have to be anxious or afraid. Um, he's always by my side and I can count on him, always. This is the third time I've seen those. You know, it struck me the very first time was the contrast between the adults and the kids. It takes a kid about a half of a second to say why they're thankful. And we almost have to relearn what thankfulness means because we live with real pain and loss and fear. And, and the thoughtfulness that I heard in those praises of thanksgiving were different. I, I, I want us to learn to be thankful this week and every week. Uh, to do that, I need to, to digress for just a second. I told you that Laura and I went uh, on a World Vision every three-year conference in Bogota, uh, Colombia. And uh, while we were there, and I'm saying this in part because it's a social media thing. You're not sure who knows and who doesn't. While we were there, Laura was out walking with another woman, and they got mugged. And Laura was uh, uh, assaulted and robbed, and uh, she is fine. She is shaken up, and, but she, right near the hotel was uh, robbed. And uh, so in, in any event, last week, we spent some time in the, in the room, and on Sunday, we actually watched the CPC service by live stream in, in Bogota. And uh, it was just, it was terrific. I thought that the, the prayers were great, the music was great. I thought young Matt did a terrific job. I thought he was just, just great. And, uh, and I particularly loved uh, Jay's stewardship moment. The, Jay, when Jay Carroll talked about uh, stewardship and giving, and talked about the idea that the pledge cards are coming, uh, the pledge cards are still coming, and, uh, and, and, and look out uh, for them as they, as they come. Uh, because I felt like it was a great time to teach about stewardship. And we need, just as we need to learn to be thankful people, and we need to be thankfully generous givers. I also think we need to learn to be thankful prayers. And I thought we were on the track of that last, last week. So let me start by saying I am so thankful for this community. I am thankful that you are here. I'm grateful for what God does here. And I, I, I pray that in terms of this stewardship, I pray we ain't seen nothing yet. I pray that as God warms our hearts, we will just increase in our response. But it's just like our mission statement. 
our mission statement uh, to boldly extend the invitation Jesus makes to us to everybody else. Well, I think you do not get people to invite by just standing up week after week and saying, invite people, invite people. How come you're not inviting people? That's not the way you get people to invite people. Give money, give money, give money. That's not the way you get people to give money. You have to show them why. That's how Jesus did it. He told stories about the why. And then you have to show them how. You have to have somebody go first. Whether it's inviting or praying or giving or forgiving, somebody's got to go first. That's what the Apostle Paul is trying to do with this group of people. They're in a little house church in Greece, in Corinth, and this is the second letter he sends them, trying to get them to be thankfully joyful. And uh, he wants to root into their DNA that following Jesus is all about generosity and joy and thanksgiving. This is what he says. This service that you're performing, that, it, that service is, they have, they're doing an offering for the poor back in Jerusalem. All the little churches around the Roman Empire are gathering their money together and sending it to Rome where the poor are just dying. That's, that's the service that they're performing. This offering that you're giving, the service you're performing, is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. In other words, what they're doing is resulting in the strengthening of faith and the giving of joyful thanks by people that they've never seen. Paul says, because of the service by which you've proved your faith, it's not just words for you. You've decided you don't want to be the kind of church that just believes the right things. You want to do the right things. Because of the service by which you've proved your faith, Others will praise God for your obedience and your generosity. In their prayers for you, in other words, when you are generous with thanksgiving, other people will pray for you. In their praise for you, their hearts will go out to you. It's not going to be, I thank God for Joey and for Jane and for Jerry. It's going to be a mom who walks away from that joy of giving, looks down and sees her five-year-old excited about being able to give a Christmas gift to her brother, and she's going to say, thank God, thank God for those people at Edina. I don't know nothing about them, but thank God. They will give thanks in their hearts because of the surpassing grace that God has given you. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I had, uh, I had dinner. Laura and I had dinner on uh, Friday night with a couple of young couples. Had them over to the house, getting to know them better. And uh, Laura, who is, of course, trying to give me help with the sermon, uh, turns to the kids and uh, the young adults, turns to these young adults and says, tell me at dinner, tell me, who's been a model of generosity for you? Who has modeled generosity for you, and what difference has that made? And they went around the, the, the circle, and it was so interesting. One says, well, you know, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say, but it's my mom. She worked two jobs so that we could go to good schools. She, she, we never had the most, but we had the best that she could afford. Our 
dinner table always had a guest. She never left church without talking to somebody. I looked at this, this young woman and saying, I look at my mom and I think I could never do that, but I want to do that. And another one from the south. She was from down south. She said, my grandma and my grandpa, they didn't had nothing. They didn't have nothing. But he was part of what's called the chainsaw gang. And he'd go all over the south with his chainsaw when a big storm hit. And he would use his chainsaw to clear away the trees off of the streets and off of the houses and just help the little way he could. And he lives next to a woman who's a, a single mom and abusing her kid. And so the kid comes over and sits at their table. And when they went on vacation, they took this little kid with them. And that was just normal for them. That's what struck me. That was just normal for them. Um, and, then, uh, and then Laura told a story that reminded me that, that when you see generosity, when you see it, it becomes part of the legacy of that person and it impacts you. Um, I married into the Cleaver family. They, they were just leave it to Beaver Cleaver. They're the All-Americans. And, and uh, when I was coming into them, into the family, uh, Grandma and Grandpa were still alive. And I remember the first time I met Grandma and Grandpa, I came in, I just started dating Laura, and I came into the house, and I kicked my shoes across the thing, walked barefoot down into the basement. And as I go, I could hear my future mother-in-law saying to her mother, I know, but he's not like a usual pastor. <laughs> and for 30 years, I've been trying to turn that into a compliment, and it just... <laughs> but I loved her. I loved the grandma. She's a little, little woman. Her name was Isabel, and she was married to Conrad. Conrad and Isabel from Kansas City, they retired to Tulsa. They lived a long time into their 90s, and in their late 80s, Isabel started to go blind and became blinder and blinder. And she said, well, I know I can't help anymore, but you know what? I have a lovely voice. I could call the people who visit the church, and she'd do that. And then they got involved in Tulsa with a, an organization called Little Lighthouse for the Blind. Little Lighthouse for the Blind. They had nothing. They were lower middle class, had no, uh, no extra funds at all. But she would bake cookies, and then they would help at the fundraisers. And then they had a fundraiser that was uh, one of those runs, you know, where you raise money by running. And they thought, well, we can do that. We're only 90. And it was like, no. <laughs> but they were just going to walk. And they said, we could walk all the way around the track, a quarter of a mile. We could do that. If we could do that, they went to all their friends at the church and everything. They raised $1,000 if they could walk a quarter of a mile, and this is them there. People came out of the stands and started cheering for Conrad and Isabel. Come on, you can make it. You can do it. You can make it. He's holding her arm like this, like he's done for 70 years, and they're going around the track, and they get to the home stretch, and they're so proud they're going to make it. They're going to make it. They're going to raise $1,000. And as they get to the finish line, Conrad turns to his wife and says, Come on, Izzy, let's give it another go. <laughs> but they didn't have enough money for that, so they had to stop. That's the legacy of generosity. That's what happens when your heart is open and you are generous and thankful. CPC has been a model of generosity for many. Some of you are unbelievably generous in service, in time, in money, 
It's been unbelievable to me. And for some of you, this has been a journey where you're learning to be generous people. I I loved all the facts and figures and stuff in Jay's story, but the part I liked best was when he said, you know, Kari and I have not always been able to do this. We'd listen to these stewardship pitches and we'd say, yeah, they're talking about somebody else because we don't do this. And then he said, but he and Kari had started talking about how God had blessed them and wanted to increase their giving. I got to tell you, you know what? Their kids were watching them when they weren't given a lot. And their kids are watching them as they are learning to give sacrificially. And their kids will be changed by both of those. Just like the people in your life. So, this Thanksgiving, coming up, I, I would urge you to have a conversation. Maybe it's around the table. If the table is too dysfunctional, maybe it's not around the table. But at some point, maybe you could just say to somebody else, who's been a model of generosity for you that you thank God for on Thanksgiving? Who's been a model of generosity that you thank God for, and what difference has it made? And this Thanksgiving, let's pray with Thanksgiving for them, and let's ask God to help us become them. Because this is a becoming thing, and it changes not just our lives. Paul says it changes lives that we don't even know about. When I was just new, starting to follow Jesus, I fell under the spell of a a bald preacher. And I never thought I'd become a bald preacher. But uh, his name was Tony Campolo. He's been here, Tony, a wild man. And uh, wherever he went and spoke, he would almost always include a pitch for sponsored children. He'd say, I bet we could have 100 sponsored kids for compassion here. And I'd go, Tony, we're a World Vision church. I bet we could have 100 kids sponsored for World Vision, for World Relief, whatever. And I bet there are hundreds of thousands of kids around the world who've been sponsored because of Tony's encouragement. And I uh, one time said, Tony, what's up with uh, all the sponsored kids from all the different organizations? He goes, John... John, I'm, I'm going to die. And when I die, I'm going to go to the gates of heaven and Jesus is going to open the doors. And he's going to go, Tony. And I, I want, I don't want to be alone there. Tony, why should I let you in? And, uh, and Tony says, I just want to be able to lift my arms and have kids come running out of the gates. Kids from all over the world. All over them. I want them to come all over and surround me. And I want those kids that have been helped to be able to say, Jesus, Jesus, it's okay. He's with us. Wouldn't you like to have that as your legacy? He's with us. And it doesn't matter if it's $500,000 or $50. God knows our hearts. He's with us. Because of the service by which you prove your faith, others will praise God for your obedience and your generosity. And the prayers of their heart will go out for you. They will pray for you. He's with us. Because of the grace God has given you, thanks be to God for his gift. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this idea that you have given us of thanksgiving. And I give thanks for all of these sisters and brothers here, some of whom have taught me how to be generous instead of grudging, some of whom have taught me how to be 
forgiving instead of judgmental, some of whom are learning with me what it means to give thanks with joy. I pray that as we are generous, people look at us and don't say how cool those people are, but who is their God? Who is their God? And they will give thanks with great joy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.